Welcome to Positivity Strategist, a podcast that injects a good deal of optimism and possibility into your life at home and at work. Conversations with thought leaders and everyday people shine the light on what works and amplifies those everyday micro moments of positivity, irrespective of what else is going on. You'll be energized by lots of practical tips, inspiring you to live a truly satisfying and meaningful life. Hello and welcome to Positivity Strategist. I'm your host, Robin Stratenberg-Hessel, and this is a special episode of Positivity Strategist. I'm working with my co-host, Jennifer Hom. Hi, Jen. Hi, Robin. How are you today? Fine, thanks. How are you? Great. So Jen and I have been speaker curators for a local TEDx Navising event in Monmouth County, New Jersey. So here's Jen. Seen or heard of TED or TEDx Talks Online? In the spirit of ideas worth spreading, TEDx Navisync is an independently organized one-day conference in Monmouth County, New Jersey, licensed by TED. On Saturday, April 11th at Monmouth University, TEDx Navisync 2015 Accelerators will offer over two dozen live talks and entertainment acts on how accelerators are creating game-changing innovation and thoughts in an all-day event, including free coffee and lunch. Plus, there's a separate evening dinner reception in historic Wilson Hall, the iconic site of Daddy Warbucks Mansion in the 1982 film Annie. Accelerators are catalysts, change makers, inflection points, and pivotal moments that have led to rapid growth or change. For more details and tickets, please visit www.tedxnavising.com. So why don't we start, Jen? Who should we talk about first? How about Don Lincoln? Oh, great. Wow. Don is a scientist and the title of his talk is Beyond Invisible, Building Blocks of the Universe. Do you know that he's a particle physicist at Fermilab and he uses the Large Hadron Collider, which is the largest man-made machinery in history, allowing us to unlock the deepest mysteries of the universe. Wow. No, but I do now. Yeah. Well, actually, considering we've been part of the event all along, I I did kind of know, but it's fascinating. Yeah, I know. So his life's work is to study questions of matter's ultimate building blocks and the universe's origin. And he's written a lot of books and he kind of it's his mission to popularize physics. And he's written for lots of magazines, including Scientific American. And his latest book is a bit of a mouthful. But listen, it's The Large Hadron Collider, The Extraordinary Story of the Higgs Boson and Other Things That Will Blow Your Mind. My mind's already blown, so. (laughs) In his talk, Don's going to explore how this true testament to the collaborative potential of the human spirit answers questions that have perplexed humanity for as long as they've been asked. And when we asked him to tell us about the moment that he got clear about his TEDx talk, listen to what he says. When I was asked to speak at TED Navisync, I had to think about what message I wanted to tell. I'm a particle physicist by both inclination and by training, so first I thought I'd talk about the ultra-cool science I get to do. However, as I thought about it, I realized that not everyone is as passionate about uncovering nature's secrets as I am. But then I remembered that while science is an amazing tool for understanding technical things, the actual quest is much older. Long before the invention of science, people have been intensely curious about very big questions. People have wondered about how the universe came into existence and why the world we observe is the way it is. These are the universal questions that have at least occasionally crossed the mind of most people who've ever lived. Over the generations, many possible answers have been proposed, with the early attempts being led by philosophers and theologians. However, in the 1500s, 
people began to understand the strength of experiment in determining answers to these kinds of questions. By benefiting from the guidance of brilliant minds who came before us, we modern humans can actually begin to determine definitive answers to these timeless questions. We can actually recreate in our laboratories the conditions of the universe just after it began and study them. No longer are we forced to speculate. As a researcher, I get to see the answers earlier than other people, and in my talk I intend to give the viewer a glimpse of what we hope to accomplish over the next few years. Using the Large Hadron Collider, we'll be able to shed more light on ageless questions, and the universe will become a little less mysterious. So, Jen, who should we talk about next? Who, which speaker would you like to introduce now? Well, I am thrilled to talk about Gail Dines, Dr. Gail Dines. Do tell us. Well, Dr. Gail Dines, she's an award-winning sociology and women's study professor at Wheelock College in Boston, but she's also done some other great things. For example, she is a porn industry researcher, and she's also written about the porn industry for over 20 years. Wow. Um, she's also a consultant to government agencies nationally and internationally, and she's an author of several books. For example, Pornland, How Porn Has Hijacked Our Sexuality. Mm-hmm. She's also the founding president of the NGO called Stop Porn Culture. But not only that, but she's also the recipient of a Myers Center Award for the Study of Human Rights in North America. And she is, has also co-edited the best-selling textbook, Gender, Race, and Class in Media. Pornland, her, her latest book, has been translated into over four languages. And she's also appeared as a regular guest on radio shows and television, such as CNN, BBC, NPR, and also various media publications like New York Times, Time, The Guardian, and Huffington Post. So she's in a lot. Wow, we have some amazing guests, and Gail's one of them. Right. And her talk for TEDx Navisync, it's entitled Growing Up in a Pornified Culture on how masculinity and femininity are shaped by pornified images that really spill over into our most private worlds and, and then some. It's really become a big public health issue, in fact. Wow. And what question did you ask her? I asked her, what's the impact you're aspiring to make with your TEDx Navisync talk? Mm-hmm. As both an academic and an activist, I understand the power of ideas. And my goal is to change the way people think about porn and its effects. I reframe porn culture as one of the major public health issues of the digital age. This gives people a new way of thinking about those images that wallpaper our lives and minds. This awareness is the first step in reclaiming an authentic and liberating sexuality from the pornographers. After researching porn for over 25 years, I have seen it shift from the softcore sexist images of Playboy to the hardcore misogyny that now dominates the internet. Increasingly violent and cruel porn images are everywhere and anywhere on any electronic device. It has become the major form of sex education and shapes our conversations about sexuality, relationships and intimacy, and it has seeped into our popular culture. My talk provides a rich understanding of how porn reshapes masculinity. It undermines boys' and men's capacity for sexual connection, intimacy and creativity. It teaches them that women only exist to serve men's desires and that porn sex is the norm. Over 40 years of research demonstrates that porn is associated with sexual dysfunction and users do not clearly distinguish the real world from the porn world in their attitudes and behaviours. Girls and young women are also profoundly hurt by porn. Instead of dating, they hook up with men who want to play out porn sex on their bodies with or without their consent. Like porn performers, they are increasingly vulnerable to STDs and young women feel inadequate next to the perfectly toned, 
airbrushed, surgically enhanced bodies of porn performers. Our culture is saturated with pornified images of women, from video games to Victoria's Secret ads. I know from experience that a critical understanding of porn culture opens people's eyes and often changes their lives. I was transformed by the realisation that porn images shape our culture and identities. My goal is to provide a similar transformative experience for you. So I'm going to talk about Dan Neal next, Jen. Awesome. And he's, um, he's going to talk to us about Balls to the Wall, a history of the accelerator pedal. And this is so interesting because our theme for TEDx Navisync, of course, is accelerators, right? So he's literally talking about accelerator of the mechanical kind. So Dan Neal actually is a Pulitzer Prize winning car critic and he had a column called Rumble Seat which appeared which does still appear in Saturdays in the off-duty section of the Wall Street Journal. And so Dan is to date the only award recipient of the Pulitzer Prize for criticism of automotive arts. And he received his big break by slipping his first car review into the paper without permission when he was copy editor at the Raleigh News and Observer in North Carolina. And since then, Dan's column has become a hit and his works appeared in the New York Times, uh, Car Driver magazine and the Los Angeles Times. Now, in his talk, Balls to the Wall, A History of the Accelerator Pedal, Dan's going to entertain the audience with facts, figures and hugely colourful stories about cars and their bits. His talk will present both serious and fanciful ideas about transportation and technology. We asked him to tell us about the moment that he got clear about his TEDx Navisync talk. And here's what he said. When did my TED Talk snap into focus? Well, I have to say it was when I was driving the new Tesla uh, P85D, which is a dual motor electric hot rod is what it is. And um, one of the things about the accelerator pedal is that when you lift off the accelerator pedal, it slows down. In fact, it does it so vigorously that it makes the uh, brake pedal, uh, in in many cases, uh, redundant. And so, well, right here, you know, I was uh, asked to sort of put a metaphysical, (laughs) metaphorical leg under this conference. And I realized that the most common sense of the accelerator in daily life, the accelerator pedal, that has changed and that will change. Plus, you have uh, autonomous cars coming very soon and uh, you have many other really revolutions in the way the automobile reacts to the human inside in many ways, making the accelerator pedal, well, obsolete. So my, uh, my conversation at the TEDx will be uh, about the history of the accelerator pedal, the use of the word throttle, and uh, the next generation of controlling work, uh, either through uh, an accelerator pedal in a car or, or some other uh, means of uh, throttling power. I think it'll be fun. I am bringing some exciting footage from my various adventures. Apparently, people are very interested in my job, which has been called uh, the best job in the world. Uh, So there'll be a little bit of uh, uh, gloating there. (laughs) I don't know. But it should be fun. I trust it will be uh, a lively eight minutes. 
So up next, how about talking about Kyan Krippendorf? He's a fascinating person. He is a former McKinsey consultant, and he's also one of the popular bloggers on FastCompany.com, which is pretty cool. Oh, I love that uh, publication. So yeah, it's great. He's also the author of the business book, Outthink the Competition, and also the founder of Outthinker, which is a global network of innovators. And Kyan also happens to be one of the most sought after speakers and thinkers on strategy and innovation. He's also currently working on his fifth book, and he's helps companies ranging from startups to Microsoft and Lockheed Martin and Red Bull to generate bold growth ideas, which is pretty cool. And his TEDx Navisync talk is entitled Finding the Fourth Option, which will focus on seeking the fourth option where others have accepted three. Oh, what is the fourth option? We shall find out. (laughs) Stay tuned. I am so curious. What did you ask him? I asked him, what's the impact you're aspiring to make with your TEDx Navisync talk? Mm-hmm. And he said, I believe that we grossly underestimate what is possible. And I'm not talking about this kind of recognizing what is possible by seeing something and then wanting to believe it. I'm not talking about thinking about that one could run a four minute mile, but not believing that we could run a four minute mile. I'm talking about before that. I'm talking about not being able to even see a possible solution to a problem and believing therefore that there is no solution. The founder of Stanford University said, man cannot create what he cannot imagine. I think that is what most limits what humans are capable of is this ability to imagine a solution, a strategy, a way through a problem. And I think that I have, through my research, come across a methodology or a tool that can help us at least a little bit start to open up what we are able to see as possible. And my hope is that through my talk, I will be able to provide a few tangible tools, strategic narratives, I call them, and that people will take those narratives and begin playing with them and applying them to problems that matter and be by applying them that they will begin seeing solutions. And I know that the people that are going to be there are just up to, headed for really big things. And by me arming them with just a few things to add to their toolkit, that they will take them and apply them to problems that could have profound impacts on themselves and others and all of us and the world. And that's the impact that I hope I will plant the seeds for. A few tools that help People who are up to big things that are taking on meaningful problems find solutions, see solutions that right now we cannot see. So who do we have up next, Robin? Mitchell Del Mar, and he's going to talk about sanctioned addiction. So it's a pretty serious subject. It's all about how he informs us that the epidemic of narcotic addiction in America is primarily fueled by prescription painkillers and federally sanctioned production increases. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So he works in the office of a heavy construction firm, but he spends most of his time writing. And before that, he was a graphic designer in print media for 27 years. And then guess what? What? The internet changed the industry. Oh. Really? So... 
despite wanting to help as an undergraduate student of then Monmouth College, he decided not to go further to pursue his major in psychology. Mitch has realised many years later that he still wants to help. Well, that's great. Yeah. It's an aspiring story. It is, I know. Mitch intends to challenge perceptions of the addict population, so he'll be describing aggressive marketing by pharmaceutical companies and discuss the complicit medical and governmental entities in this acceleration of narcotics. Hmm. So we asked Mitch what was important to him about his TEDx Navisync talk and listen to what he says. Leaving a lasting message with an audience is a matter of establishing a connection, a bond. If you don't believe in your subject and in yourself, you'll never make that connection. My talk on the flood of prescription narcotics into our communities is a conversation we should all be having, but unfortunately aren't. Most people think addiction is something that happens to other people and their families. Until it happens to you. The most important thing I'm hoping to accomplish is to impact a single person. If I can do that, then mission accomplished. That sounds like a very low expectation, I know. Until you consider, it means I may have helped spare someone the anguish of addiction, or at least facilitated an understanding of the disease. Extrapolate that out a little further, and it means I may have impacted all the people who are in that person's life, their family, their friends, the people they work with, even all the people who will become a part of that person's life in the future a future that might be bright and full of promise. It's the oldest story ever told, really, the story of if, what might have been, and what can still be if I can reach a single person. Like old John Donne said, no man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. Any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind and therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. That's what I call a real impact. And I couldn't hope for more. Next, who I'd really like to talk about is Dr. Karen Marshall. She's a fascinating person. Dr. Karen Marshall is a pioneer in the sport of women's weightlifting. In fact, she set over 60 world and American records and was crowned world champion and strongest woman in the world. And not even that, but she also earned a spot in the Guinness Book of World Records. That is some claim to fame. Indeed. So she was the first woman to ever lift over 300 pounds, which happens to be the weight of some sumo wrestlers over her head. So that's <laughs> quite impressive there. And in fact, Karen's success has helped pave the way for females to participate in weightlifting at the Olympics. And she's also a three-year breast cancer survivor. And she also competes now in the sport of CrossFit, which I'm sure you've heard of. In fact, at the age of 55, she placed sixth worldwide in the CrossFit Games Masters Division in 2011, which is quite the feat there. And before that, she was a Wall Street analyst before becoming a chiropractor and opening up her own private practice called Champion Chiropractic in Shrewsbury, which... I mean, it kind of makes sense. She specializes in treating athletes with her practice. What a full life mm -hmm. she's having. <laughs> yes. So Karen's TEDx Navisync talk is entitled Shattering Records and Glass Ceilings, which is appropriate. And it will focus on how women's progress in elite athletics. And she's going to argue that a relatively new and increasingly popular sport should be a model for change. And we asked her, what's the impact you're aspiring to make with your TEDx Navisync talk? I want the impact of my TEDx Navisync talk to be to get the audience worked up 
and even outraged by the history of women's sports. Starting with my personal story about being a woman in a man's sport. About being the strongest woman in the world and the first woman in the world to lift more than 300 pounds overhead and to further discuss the struggles my generation faced and then to transform them to today and fire them up even more with the current state of women's sports and what needs to be done to improve it. Hey, Jen, I want to talk about Dr. Gary Lewandowski because his talk is called Breakups Don't Have to Leave You Broken. And as a positivity strategist, this talk is especially interesting to me. In his talk, Gary reminds us that relationships are an important part of life and splitting from a partner is going to cause pain. But when the pain eases, the end of a relationship can be a pivot point, catalyzing positive emotions that help renew and rebuild the self. So opportunities abound. Now, Gary's academic quals are that he's a professor and department chair at Monmouth University, and he's the director of the Relationship Science Lab there. His website is scienceofrelationships.com and his well-published research focuses on the self and relationships and his work and expertise have been featured in media outlets such as the New York Times, CNN, WebMD, Scientific American Mind and USA Today. His talk again is Breakups Don't Have to Leave You Broken. And we asked Gary what was the most important thing to him about his TEDx Navisync talk. It's most important to me that people walk away from my talk feeling empowered about their romantic relationship. If someone has recently experienced a breakup or finds him or herself in a less than ideal relationship, learning about the research that I'll share will give listeners greater sense of confidence in making a difficult decision or provide them with a technique that can accelerate their coping process. More generally, it's important to me that I've based my talk on scientific research findings rather than personal stories, anecdotes, or guesses. This talk isn't just a theory about dealing with relationship loss, but a series of validated findings from the scientific literature. So often when it comes to dealing with relationships, people rely only on their own experiences and aren't able to really easily access what science has learned. My talk hopefully changes that dynamic just a bit. So next, how about we shift gears for a little bit and talk about Abby Daly. Abby Daly is the founder and executive director of a great nonprofit organization called Bridge of Books Foundation, and it happens to be an all-volunteer nonprofit organization which has distributed nearly a half million books to underserved children throughout New Jersey since 2003. Wow. In July 2014, Abby's work was recognized when she was named a New Jersey hero by the New Jersey Heroes Initiative which was founded and chaired by New Jersey First Lady Mary Pat Christie. Mm-hmm. And formerly, Abby was an attorney with the state of New Jersey where she pursued mental health and children's rights cases. So children, obviously, are very close to her heart, right? Indeed. And Abby's TEDx Navising talk is entitled Books Bridging the Gap, which is pretty appropriately named, and will focus on creating an ongoing and equal access to books for children across all income levels. Wow, that's so cool. Um, I believe she's got some amazing statistics to share too about how many books have been distributed to these kids. Yeah, because we all know knowledge is power and education helps to break the cycle of poverty. Yeah. So what did you ask her? I asked her, what's the one thing you'd like people to know about you personally? Oh, how nice. Mm -hmm. The first books that I truly remember reading were Gothic Romances 
by Mary Stewart and Victoria Holt. I know. I was 13. I can remember taking all the spare change in my house that I could find, putting it in my backpack, getting on my silver 10-speed, riding across the bridge to the local bookstore, running into the store to the secondhand shelf in the back of the store, and buying as many of those titles as I could fit in my backpack. I'd ride home, and I was set for days. I'm sure my mother was probably secretly horrified, but you know what? She had enough sense to remain quiet because she knew that I was hooked on reading. Now, I know when I'm asked this question, this is probably not the type of book that I'm supposed to say, but you know what? I went on to college, to law school. I worked as an attorney pursuing mental health and children's rights cases for six years before I started the Bridge of Books Foundation. And for the past 12 years, as a volunteer, I've been giving away books to low-income children across the entire state of New Jersey, half a million to be exact. So you know what I say? It really doesn't matter what you're reading as long as you find what you love. Because you know what? I like to think I turned out okay. So, Jen, we also have artists and entertainers, too, as well as people who give talks. And I want to introduce you to Camilla Webster. And Camilla is actually going to give a talk, a short talk on art in front of you. And I'm going to give you a little bit of background about Camilla. So she is an artist and a media creative and lives and works in New York City. And her work is exhibited in New York City and in private collections in the US and the UK. She's been acknowledged and is a past recipient of the Kunst Collection Art Prize and best-selling author. Her contributions as an expert on the art market and the art world have appeared in Forbes. Also, the Wall Street Journal, Market Watch and CBS News and the History Channel. And so we asked Camilla what's most important to her about her TEDx Navisync talk and here's what she said. I am an artist and a curator. I am a photographer and a painter. I would like people to see art is everywhere, to be present to the physical world we are living in. What's in front of you, what's in front of all of us, is often remarkable. So often we are distracted by headphones on our ears, a mobile device, or unruly thoughts hammering for our attention. Our accelerated digital lives are a blessing if we learn to use different paces and different tools of our existence effectively. I want people to see that art is everywhere in many different forms, particularly in New York City. Wherever you are, take a moment to truly see everything in front of you. How do you feel? I hope you will see New York City with a fresh lens, and I would like all of you to find joy in the art all around you and to find happiness in the interesting beauty of our everyday. So next up, we have Brian Reynolds, who is a... He's a local guy. He is a local guy. He's also an executive director of Climate Money Policy, a sustainability consultancy which advises organizations on how they can deleverage their climate risk and prepare for a climatically different world, which sounds pretty 
pretty important there. Yeah, I mean, I really like his angle on this. I think this is really important for us to all know about. Right. So a little bit more about him. His firm's clients span nonprofits, manufacturers to small island nations. And when he's not busy with clients, Brian likes to travel the country visiting Washington, D.C. and seat houses and lobbying legislators for aggressive market-friendly action on climate change. Hmm. Brian actually got me into TEDx Navisync. I first heard about it through Zeke Peabody, who was an artist at the first TEDx Navisync event. Right. And he was the then executive chef at Soul Kitchen, where I volunteer. Right. And Brian Reynolds, as you may or may not know, um, is the chief marketing officer of TEDx Navisync. That's right. Yeah. Right. So, so I actually met Brian through another sustainability organization called Citizens Climate Lobbying. Mm-hmm. So he brought me in. He said, oh, sure. We'd like to help. Mm. But anyway, you can cut that well, out. Well, we're very lucky that Brian brought you in, Jen. Oh, oh thanks. <laughs> so Brian's TEDx Navisync talk is entitled Race, Climate Change versus Smart Money. And that will focus on emulating the progress of climate smart businesses by basically looking at global warming differently, which I think is important in mm-hmm. a way because it's all about reframing, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And what did you ask him about? I asked him what his favorite TED talk was and why. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. My favorite TED Talk of all time has got to be one given by a guy named Rory Sutherland uh, in 2009. Uh, Rory Sutherland is an ad man at uh, Ogilvy, and he made these great observations about how the world looks at problems as compared to how ad men look at problems. And I, I always remember a story that he told tells about how there was a train that spanned the UK, which took about three hours and which ridership continually said, this train goes too slow. And so how to solve that problem was left to uh, money managers and engineers, and they came up with a solution which uh, reduced the train time from three hours to 240 or to 215 at a cost of $12 billion. And he said, this is the dumbest thing ever. We shouldn't spend 12 billion, we should spend 2 billion Uh, hire the world's most beautiful models and have them walk the length of the train handing out free champagne and people want it to go slower. (laughs) And that observation, so simple, so effective, and and so obvious when you think about it, uh, has really informed a lot of the things that I do from a business standpoint. I'm in the world of carbon and climate and sustainability, and I, I work with corporate clients addressing these things. And it's incredible how often just changing the way that you look at the problem or the way that you intend to look at the solution yields the answer, which is far better for everybody concerned. So that is, no question, my favorite talk of all time. So next up, we have Ted Corne, who is the chief marketing officer at Metal.it, which happens to be the next generation content marketing tool for organizations and individuals. Hey, stop there. I know Ted, and I think this is going to be fun. So tell me more. Sure. So Ted is a Forbes top 10 social media influencer and an Inc. top 100 leadership expert. I know. Do you know how many Twitter followers Ted has? A lot. About 500,000. Wow. He knows how to work social in the social age. 
I bet. So after five years of trend watching, interviewing, and intensive research regarding the demise of industrial age management and the birth of what you just referred to as the social age, he co-authored his latest book called A World Gone Social, How Companies Must Adapt to Survive. And Ted's TEDx Advising talk is entitled The Power of Impatience, which will focus on how impatience is one of the most vital creative forces on earth. I know. That is such a reframe story. It's really great. Right. Right. And actually, I remember hearing Ted on your Positivity Strategist podcast. Yeah, that's right. When the book came out, A World Gone Social. Yeah, so um, I really love that book. And thanks for mentioning that. Yes, it's a, it's a great episode. I really enjoyed speaking with Ted. Um, and yeah, The Power of Impatience. What a talk. What did you ask him? Tell us what you find most interesting and compelling about our theme accelerators. Oh, another one. That's so cool. Yeah. When I heard the topic of TEDx at Navisync is accelerators, I knew I had to speak there. And am I lucky that I I was selected? Accelerator to me means a, a human agent, a person whose energy, whose enthusiasm to make change quickly and whose skill to enable that change is like kerosene on top of a fire. That's what an accelerator is. Somebody who thinks the status quo is bull and they don't want to put up with it. Somebody who thinks business as usual is boring and causes people to to just get have horrible, horrible work experiences. Somebody who says there's a need and I'm going to fix it, be it in society, in nonprofit service, wherever it is. An accelerator is a person who does not think that the status quo should exist. Let's crush it. Let's speed up change for the better. And that better part, that's the real secret. Because you know what? I could care less about people who want to make things happen faster for selfish gain, make things happen faster just because they're an impatient person all by themselves with no other considerations. I want people who are impatient for making change that makes the world a better place. That's what an accelerator is to me, and that's why I'm so excited to be part of this conference. So, Jen, I'm really excited to tell you about Michelle Mitchell. Um, Her talk at TEDx Navisync is entitled, What's Rape's Brand? Ooh, that's compelling. Yeah, she's an amazing woman. She's a co-founder and editor of a company called Film at 11, which is located in Brooklyn. In New York? In New York, Brooklyn, New York, yeah. And she is about to launch her new movie called The Uncondemned. And she's a co-director, producer, writer of this documentary. Her first documentary film actually won some awards and it was called Haiti, Where Did the Money Go? And it was nominated as the best TV documentary among many other kind of um, accolades. And it also gained her some infamy. It's a really interesting story. So she also in her past has written three books, um, two of which were regional bestsellers. And um, part of her history has been that she's a political, she was a political anchor on CNN News, Headline News. That's where she began her um, career in documentaries and film and TV. And she's also a former correspondent for The Now Show with Bill Moyes on PBS. So let me tell you a little bit about her um, talk. Sure. It's about how rape during war is an act of power, humiliation and torture. 
And she exposes that this first case of prosecuting rape as a war crime has really changed history. And yet this talk, as you might think, is really kind of depressing and horrible. It is so uplifting and inspiring. And through her art and crowdfunding activities, she's built a community that shows what rape's brand is, which is the title of her talk. So it's pretty powerful stuff. And um, I asked her the question, what's the most important thing to her about her TEDx talk? And here's what she said. What is the most important to me about my TEDx talk? And that is people are not depressed. When most people see that I'm speaking about rape and conflict, rape is a form of genocide, I believe the natural inclination is to think, oh my God, I'm going to be so sad and depressed listening to this speech. But really what I'm hoping will come across is that we are at a wonderful and amazing moment in time where awareness of this issue has never been greater and the will to do something about it has never been greater. So there's a real opportunity for every individual to contribute to further making a change and having an impact that goes beyond anything they can possibly imagine. So I hope that what people get from the the talk is not that this is an impossible situation to solve, but that there are endless opportunities for us all to contribute to the solution. So Jen, um, now we have two people who are going to co-present and they happen to work for Radio Flag. Yay! Um, and the first one I'm going to introduce and then I'll ask you to talk about the other one. So the first one is um, Ravin Kumar. Their talk, and he's actually going to co-present with Annika Lorien, but their talk is entitled Radio for an Empowered Generation. And it's um, about connected listening on the internet and mobile technology, which is very exciting and very cool. But let me just say a little bit about Ravind. He is a former radio college DJ and he's a founding member and the director of business development of Radio Flag. And his primary role is station outreach and developing strategic partnerships. And he also leads the company's college advisory board effort, which is the first of its kind. And in addition, he's a business analyst on Wall Street. So he's another pretty cool guy. Mm, it's very interesting because they're biocoastal because Kumar lives in New York City and Annika is stationed back where Radio Flag headquarters is, is in Southern California. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of disparate workplaces and people who don't work in the same place. So let's just say a little bit about what their talk is. It's going to be how, as I said, connective listening via the Internet and mobile technology is like the way of connecting people these days. And they're incredibly energized about reinventing the traditional radio for the millennial listeners by enabling global interactivity around music and news and information and education. And I'm sure you can add more to that one. Yeah, it seems like it, they're definitely trying to point out how social radio and connective listening is a catalyst for empowering radio to better entertain, educate and even enlighten people around the world. Yeah, and they're doing a lot of great, very cool work in Africa, as I know. I asked Kumar the question, what's the most important thing to him about his Navisync talk? And this is what he said. There are people young and old who can recognize the value of the technology and culture of our past and look at them with modern advances in mind to create new and exciting ways to expand their horizons, improve human connectivity, and contribute to a growing knowledge base of global culture. They are empowered by a desire to take what they have 
and combine it with the upcoming, rather than resisting change in favor of the status quo, or abandoning what came before simply because it's no longer current. They are driven by the natural synergies of human past, present, and future. The world is rapidly shrinking as people explore possibilities of sharing and connecting without constraints of terrestrial distance. Radio Flag is built on this, that drive to look at the vehicles used for human communication, to reimagine them, and to drive that evolution forward so that tomorrow we can share with greater agility and efficiency the many unique and varied aspects of human culture and ideas. And that was Ravind Kumar of Radio Flag. And now here's his co-presenter, Anika. Tell us about Anika, Jen. Anika Lorian is the co-founder and director of public relations at Radio Flag. And she co-created the company's connective listening concepts and organized other instrumental aspects of its development. She previously worked in the food and wine industry, including a project initiated by industry legend Robert Mondavi of Mondavi Wines, and in partnership with Disney's California Venture. She has an interesting eclectic background in hospitality, the healing arts. She's also an equestrian who's enabled an expansion of business experiences, including operating and managing horse ranches, where she was also responsible for training, showing, and marketing the ranches there. Wow, she's another lady who's got lots and lots of talent. Mm -hmm. And I asked Annika to please tell us what you find most fascinating and compelling about our theme accelerators. It's fascinating because I've noticed the future frightens many people. And when it does, they can feel powerless with time seemingly pressing up against them as they rush to define their lives in meaningful ways. So it can seem utterly daunting to talk about acceleration speeding up everything up even more when it already feels like it's all going way too fast. But I believe acceleration can be very empowering and positive if, if it brings us to a place where we can access our own voice, share, express, create, and resolve. I imagine a jet plane that suddenly speeds up super fast so it can break through all the turbulence and rough patches and ultimately taking us into a wide open spaciousness where we can feel more safe, free, and inspired. We all deserve an opportunity to release and expand the creative power that resides in us so we can move past the things that limit us, cut us off from ourselves and others, past the restrictions that slow us down from where we want to be and who we really are creative, relationship-seeking beings. So I feel the TEDx Navisync interpretation of accelerators is on point. So Jen, thanks so much for being with me today on Positivity Strategist. That was such fun. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> and we really got a great idea from what the talks are going to be like. We heard of from 14 of our speakers out of the 25 or 28 that are lining up. You can read more on our show notes page for this episode, which is positivitystrategist.com slash PS32. And Jen, I'm going to hand over to you to take us out. Sure. And you also can find out more specifically about the TEDx Navisync 2015 Accelerators event at Monmouth University on Saturday, April 11th by checking us out on our website, www.tedxnavisync.com for more details and to purchase tickets. Also, you can be notified of new episodes by email. Links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com 
forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and remember, what you focus on grows, so grow towards your best. Thank you.